a Rams injury that could have a big impact on Sunday. We've got week 18 winners and losers. And have we seen the last of Carson Wentz? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your Los Angeles Rams, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube. And thanks to you guys, we just passed 11,000 subscribers. So if you still haven't yet, be sure to join the party, subscribe to Locked On Rams YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button. And we'd love to read all your comments down below. So give us your takes. How are you feeling about the Rams heading into the playoffs? What do you think is the biggest X factor? My name is Doug McCain. Friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. SI 24-7 sports. Now I'm covering the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He's in his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams, the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. And on today's episode, we got a jam-packed episode. We got an injury update in the secondary. They're going to have a big impact on Sunday's matchup against the Lions. We've got Week 18 winners and losers. Horns up, horns down. Could they use Carson Wentz potentially this weekend with a little wrinkle? Tons to get into on this episode. But first, this episode of Locked On Rams is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Now, Travis, before we get into it, know if you saw this, but for the first round, the cheapest ticket for the Rams versus the Lions is $552. The next closest game is Packers versus the Cowboys. The highest ticket price is $7,765. I want to go to the game. Maybe I can just pay 3% now and 97% later do a little Otani deferral package. But that's a big amount for this must-see game on Sunday. Well, I think it, look, everything is indicating that this is the game of the weekend, right? That the position that the league put it in, right? This is the Sunday night game, which I would argue is the most prestigious spot for the the wild card weekend. You know, you certainly don't want Saturday morning or that first Saturday game. And then, you know, Sunday's the, the sweet spot and Sunday night has been the sweet spot for a very long time. So you've got that. You've got all the storylines that go along with Goff and McVeigh and Matthew Stafford returning. And I think when you look at the game, it's the most competitive of all the games. I think this is the one that you would be least least surprised to see either team win. I think if you know Green Bay beats Dallas, you'd be surprised. If you look at that Philadelphia-Tampa game, I don't know how much intrigue there is in that. Neither one of those teams feel like they're probably a Super Bowl contender right now. This is one Detroit wins, you're not surprised. The Rams win. You're not surprised. It should be a great game in the the prices. And, of course, Detroit hasn't had a, a home playoff game in 100 years. So the, the the locals are very excited to get to see their team at home in the playoffs, something that hasn't happened uh, way back since 1991. So it is the game for sure. And I, I, I can't wait for Sunday to get here. This is as excited as I've been for a Rams game probably since the, the Super Bowl a couple of seasons ago. 
Can it be Sunday already? I agree with you 100%. Yes, it's going to be a raucous crowd in Detroit, but let's be honest. This is a team that's veterans. You played your home games where you have a lot of road fans at times. They're going to be ready for this. I'm not worried at all whatsoever. It's going to be electric in Detroit. Now, let's dive into this injury report because Sunday, for the most part, they left that game healthy as could be. But Jordan Fuller, starting safety, suffered ankle injury on the Rams' 13th play, but they're right towards the beginning. He played 12 yeah. snaps in the game, and he could miss the wild card game this Sunday. Now, Fuller is listed as day to day. He, of course, has a big role in this team. He's a team captain. He plays every snap when he is healthy. Russ Yeast did a really nice job. He led the team with seven tackles. He had some hard hits, had two pass breakups, had a really nice day. But on top of that, the Rams wave Ernest Brown the fourth. So possibly we could see Duke Shelley activated to add a little more depth to that secondary. Yeah, I think you nailed it, Doug. I think that this is a classic good news, bad news situation. The bad news is is that Fuller may not be available. Fuller, like you said, is an important part of what they do. They've been a little susceptible to some big plays in the secondary, so the very last thing you want to do is have one of your more reliable players be unavailable for such an important game. That's the downside. Um, I guess the silver lining is Russ Russ Yeast looked really good on Sunday against the Niners. Now, I get it that this was a game that was weird. This is a game that was played, you know, with less than your typical San Francisco, L.A. intensity, that the best players necessarily weren't playing at the most important times, all of that. Russ Yeast played really well. I, I don't care if it was a preseason game, a early season game, or the last game of a season where guys were getting rested. He played well. So I'm optimistic about the opportunity that maybe he has to go out there and play. Uh, you know, Duke Shelley, maybe like you mentioned, could get thrown in there. This is somebody that hasn't played a lot for the Rams, but has played a lot in the league. So I don't think that uh, he's going to be too overwhelmed by the moment. But, you know, this look, the the Lions may not have Sam Laporta. So there there, there are all sorts of guys that are going to be potentially missing or potentially playing at something less than their best. This is January football. Nobody is playing 100% healthy and ready to go. And, and it Generally speaking, the Rams are in a pretty good spot, despite the fact that Fuller uh, got nicked up on, on Sunday. I agree. That's a huge factor. Laporta's status, if he can't go, that's a big, big oh. advantage for this Rams team. That's humongous. But also, this is a team in the Rams that, look, they have given up a lot of big plays, especially yeah. over the top. And that's something that if they're not able to get consistent pressure on Jared Goff and he has all day to throw, you got St. Brown. You got some weapons on that Lions team that definitely give you some concern. And also Jordan Fuller is a guy that every now and then he's a ball hawk. He finds a way to get a very opportunistic interception and turnover. So we'd love to have him back in this one. But look, the reality is other guys got to step up. And I think that seeing what Yeast did against the 49ers makes you feel a little better about him filling in those shoes on Sunday. Now, next one to get into a little quick hitter topics here. Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator for the Rams, who's done an outstanding job leading this team that was expected by many to be one of the worst defenses, not just in the NFL this year, but in the history of the NFL. He made them a respectable defense, yep. not a ton of talent. Aaron Donald is the only first rounder on this team, right? So you look at the, what he's been able to do with a lot of inexperience and youth. He really was able to just implement these schemes. You saw some umbrella, some Bemba don't break, but really has given yeah. this Rams offense and this team a chance to win all year. Well, the commanders, they have requested an interview with him. He could be on their hot board. So be very interested to see the offseason for Raheem Morris if other teams are going to try to poach him for a head coaching job. Yeah, I think this is kind of another good news, bad news situation. Bad news that you would hate to lose a coach as good as Raheem Morris. And this has been, you know, be, because it's Sean McVay's 
team because he's the head coach. We're always going to kind of identify the personality of the team with with the head coach. And this is an offensive-driven team. It's an offensively creative team. It's somebody that you're going to think of first and foremost as a team that's going to go out there and score a lot of points. And this team has, you know, since the bye, this has been a team that's been led by their offense, led by their quarterback and their wide receiver. And those two great are the two great wide receivers and the running back along the way. But the fact of the matter is what kept them in it. I know they only went three and six prior to the bye, but the reason that they were in a lot of those games is because the defense was good enough to do it. And in spite of the fact of all the things that you said, Doug, this was not a team. It was either not talented enough or the talented that it did have was very green and inexperienced when you're talking about Turner and Young and some other players. So give Raheem Morris all the credit in the world for getting those guys up to speed. And now, look, it, nobody's going to confuse them with the 85 Bears, but it's good enough. It, 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 and that's, you know, to be A-plus in all three facets of the game doesn't happen very often. The Rams have an electric offense, and the defense is competent. And, and I always use that word as a compliment. It's good enough to get the job done. That's the good news, or the bad news, that he may be you know, uh, being considered for another opportunity in Washington. The, the good news is he deserves it, right? This is this is a guy that was Sean McVay before Sean McVay. Back in Tampa when Raheem Morris was given the, the head coaching job, he was the guy that was super young, that was, you know, kind of caught the league by, wow, wow, you got a guy that young that's in charge of a team. It was a big surprise. Didn't work out all that great. And we know how this league works, that, you you know, you, you lose that first job and you go and you become a coordinator somewhere else and you get another bite at the apple a little bit later on. Well, I'm surprised he's still here. I thought that he may have moved on by now. Uh, the Rams have been lucky to have him as long as they have. Um, I hope he gets a head coaching job because that's good for him, but I would hate to see him go. And I know that interviewing or talking or any of these things is not going to take away from his preparation to get that Rams tee ready. Yeah, what I love about Raheem Morris, Travis, is whatever cards he's dealt, he runs yep. the table. I mean, just look at yep. Sunday. The 49ers, they're supposed to be the deepest team in the NFL, right? They played a lot of their starters, especially their receivers with Debo and Ayuk and guys like that. Mitchell, they had a lot of talent on the field. They pitched a shutout in the second half with those yeah. adjustments that he made. So I give him a ton of credit. I would hate to lose him if they do, though, and he does take a head coaching job somewhere. They Rams will get two third round compensatory picks in 2024 and 2025, similar to what we saw when the Lions hired Brad Holmes. So let's just continue to connect this to Sunday's game in some way. So, and what they do with that, they got Ernest Jones, the linebacker. I was just going to say that so, the, those picks that I, I get it that, you know, people that are, are into the draft and, and fans that are like, okay, who are we going to pick first and who's our first round pick? Or maybe if you don't pick until the second round, who are you going to pick? The Rams have made a living in finding good players, starting players outside of the first round or two. They look at look at this draft. So well, I think okay, they got a couple of third round compensatory picks. Those are not just throwaway picks. Those are the opportunity to build your roster inexpensively with good players. And the Rams have clearly been able to identify talent in places where other teams have not. I'm telling you, trade that first for as many fifths as you can get and get another Puka Nakua. I'm telling you, man. But coming up next here on Locked On Rams, a Rams quarterback that maybe used this Sunday. Have we seen the last of Carson Wentz on the field for the Rams? That's coming up next here on Locked On Rams. All right, the NFL regular season may be done, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. That's America's number one sportsbook because right now, new customers 
you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Think about that, right? That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose, all you have to do is place a $5 bet. The app Super easy to use, right? It is so easy to use. There are so many different ways to play, so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's the best way to find your popular parlays and more. You can do more traditionally, right? Right now, as we sit here at FanDuel, the Rams, they're three-and-a-half-point underdogs, which means it's kind of a pick them with that whole home field advantage. So there's all sorts of different ways you can enjoy FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And we are off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a reminder that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. You got the Lakers, the Kamenetsky brothers. You got Locked On Dodgers with Jeff Snyder and Vincent Perry. You got the L.A. Dime Dropper. That's what they call the Clippers guys. called the L.A. Dime Dropper. I think that's a pretty sweet handle. But lots of great L.A. sports coverage over there on the Locked On Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, Travis, here in our next segment, we got our last regular season Horns up, horns down, winners and losers for the season. And we're going to do some quick ones. We're going to touch a little bit on some guys we talked about yesterday. But you got to start with the QB, as always, in Carson yeah. Went at an 80.8 PFF grade, made some big throws. Actually, he was credited for three big-time throws against the 49ers, had zero turnover-worthy throws, which is big when you consider his history. The one interception, of course, that went through 2-2 Atwell's hands. But a couple questions I have with his performance. One, what would McVay look like with a permanent mobile quarterback because it opens up an entire different chapter of a playbook. And two, going back to what you said yesterday about potentially using him in an RPO situation, you saw the game-winning touchdown. Eventually, that was a straight run up the middle by Carson Wentz and made a lot of plays with his feet. So I thought that was a very intriguing idea, Travis. I think we kind of forgot, right, that how big and physical Carson Wentz actually is. He's a big, strong, powerful guy that's not afraid to put his nose in there. And it does bring an element to the Rams offense that we really have never seen, right? You look at the two quarterbacks um, that have had the vast majority of the plays under Sean McVay. Jared Goff might be the last stand in the pocket and look down the field quarterback that we're going to see drafted for a very long time until it swings back the other way. Matthew Stafford, of course, is a generation ahead of that. He's going to stand there, look down the field, make the throws. Uh, it is interesting to think about what it looks like with somebody who can move their feet and, oh, by the way, make throws, right? Not just a guy that can kind of run around and, and, and make some things happen. Uh, th this may be what Wentz is moving forward. It gives you a little bit of a, a changeup, a curveball, or whatever it is to the, the traditional Sean McVay offense. And the reason I'm talking about Wentz as a potential RPO option, and, and it, it, let, let's work through this together. Tell me what you think about this, because Brett Maher is 
God only knows when it comes to PATs and field goals. I don't know what the heck you're going to get. So if you get into some fourth and very short situations, right? Fourth and one, fourth and two, and you're kind of in that, you know, middle of the field where you're, you're going to go for it, or maybe you're on the plus side, but you're not quite sure. The way, do you want to have Matthew Stafford drop back? Do you want to give it to Kyron Williams? Or I can have a two-way look with a quarterback who can tuck it and go. Is that not a better option or a two-point play after a touchdown? Is that not a better option than letting Brett Maher kick it? It might be. And here's the part that I can't quite get to. Do you ever take your best player off the field? And that's what we're talking about. Matthew Stafford is their best player. Is it ever a good idea to take your best player off the field? And the answer might be, yeah, maybe. If it gives you a little bit of a different look that maybe somebody's not prepared for, I think it's interesting. I, what do you think about in, in a situation of, hey, we're going to go or we're going to go for two, do you ever take the ball out of number nine's hands? Look, I mean, what do we see yesterday? I mean, Michigan had a, a backup quarterback that came in the game, and his specific goal was to go out there and run the football and get some yards yeah. and give a different look to that defense. And I think that when you got Matthew Stafford, someone who when he's in a groove and he starts to find a rhythm, you want to keep him out there as a hot quarterback. There's no doubt about that. But as far as Carson Wentz, I mean, yes, he made some great runs. It was the most time a most times a Rams quarterback had ran the football since 1950, but it was the throws that led to the comeback. I mean, yeah. third quarter, they're down 20 to seven. That throw down the far sideline to Bryson Hopkins, that really was one of the big difference makers. It was one of the throws that really took this game to the Rams. And I think personally, I would absolutely consider because look, we talked about the house money element of this all, right? Let's get weird, man. We weren't supposed to be here. That's right? a good point. And the reality is Carson Wentz, yeah, sometimes you might worry about the little Brett Farvian moves, like the one where he tried to pitch it to Royce Freeman, his butt hit the ground, he almost got the fourth down. It almost worked. <laughs> it almost worked. It got close, so a little bit of a yeah. concern. But if the Rams are in a situation where you are hell-bent on avoiding field goal kicks and you're in four-down territory, I don't see any issue with, look, this is someone in Carson Wentz. You're basically going to drive like a rented car, right? What's the fastest car on the road? It's a rental car, right? Because <laughs> he's probably not going to be back next season. So let him go up the middle and get two or three yards. And he was getting those with relative ease all game long against San Francisco 49ers. I'd be absolutely open to doing that against Detroit. I, I'm not against it. I, I, here, here's my reservation. My reservation is this. Fourth and two, you know, and and you decide you're going to put Wentz in there to give you a little RPO look. And instead of just saying, here, Kyron Williams, you go do it. This is the guy that's led the league or second in the league in rushing this season. Or Matthew Stafford, you make a call at the line of scrimmage of what you're seeing, and you can find this guy, or you can call the play that we call in the huddle or whatever. That what did am I getting too cute? Am I getting a little extra creative when I don't have to? Who's the best player on the team offensively? It's Matthew Stafford. Why are we not? who's the second best player on the team this year on the offensive side of the ball? It's Kyren Williams. Do we really want to start getting weird and having neither one of those guys make the decision in what could be the most important play of the game? I'm not totally against it, but I do see the downside of just like, okay, hold on. I get it. It's an interesting idea. It's kind of fun to think about. But when you really stop and say, not Stafford, not Williams, what are we doing here? I understand not Maher, but if we're not, if we're going to go to not Maher is our first stop, Wentz, I don't know. I'm just saying like one time, literally once to just to throw that wrinkle in their head. Because the reality is this team is yeah. at its best when 
You're moving the ball downfield through the air. And then once you hit the red zone, it's Kyrie Williams up the middle. It's Kyrie Williams is gap scheme running and he gets the end zone and you get multiple touchdowns. This team, the reality is from a talent perspective with Puka, with a Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup's going to have a big game because he's been so. rested. I think it's going to be a, the healthiest he's been in quite some time. He's been there. He's won that. So I expect a big game from Cooper Cup. You got Higby getting some time off. So look, the reality is this Rams offense when you look at where this Lions secondary is in their defense, they have the talent advantage and they can score 30 points in a dome against this Lions team. So, yeah, you don't necessarily have to get too cute. But if things do get a little weird and you're looking for a wrinkle here and there, it's something to consider. It, it is. It is. But having watched every snap of Sean McVay's career so far, and he's creative, but he's not crazy. Like they're actually a fairly conservative offense. The way they go about doing things, they're they're creative in the way that they structure some of their looks and the way that they use motions and things like this. But you don't see a ton of trick plays. You don't see a ton of whack personnel uh, deployments. It's a pretty traditional. A ton of eleven personnel. A ton of the quarterback making the decision. So. I would be a little surprised if all of a sudden Sean McVay had a kind of a, hey, watch this kind of moment yeah. in such an important game. And also, too, Travis is like Matthew Stafford sitting there. He's like, wait a minute. This is my legacy game. I'm going against this team that I need to beat this team. I played here for so many years, and I'm going to play every single damn snap of this football game. <laughs> so I agree with you on that. It won't happen, but I think just the fact that we're even having a conversation yeah. Yeah about a Rams backup quarterback that you might want to see with a healthy Stafford tells you they need to find a way to get a quality backup of this caliber moving forward. Now, best, in- best case scenario, Doug, is that Carson Wentz, what he put on film on Sunday, wasn't quite enough for someone else to go, I need to have that guy. Wasn't enough to say, you know what, let's give him his fourth chance in the NFL. He's had three, right? So, this is not necessarily a slam dunk that someone gives him an automatic starting job. Maybe they give him a, a job to com- or an opportunity to compete for a starting job. But if he really wants to rehabilitate his 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 uh, reputation, his ability to play this position, maybe one more year under Sean McVay would do him well. Now that's a Rams fan talking, and what what the best case scenario for the Rams would be, and maybe not for Carson Wentz. But uh, I'll keep my fingers crossed. A hundred percent. I think Stafford's going to give us his 300 with two tutties at the minimum. I'm very excited to see him in Detroit. Can't wait. Like you said earlier, can it be Sunday already? But coming up in our next segment, we're going to talk about the play calling, the game plan, some more horns up, horns down for week 18. And can this Rams defensive back step up when they need him most? That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. All right. I could tell you that Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. That is true, and it's true because of a million different reasons. Let me give you the top reason. Price Picks is fun. Price Picks is exciting. Price Picks can give you an opportunity to make money because it's easy, right? You pick between two and six players, you look at the statistical projections, and you decide more or less, right? You look at a basketball player. Is he going to score more or less than the number that they put out? You look at a football guy, right? You look at Matthew Stafford. Is he going to throw for more or less than the statistical projections? Let's say it's 250. You make your call, you pick up your money. That's price picks. It is that easy. And price picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets 
injured, right? That's the only place that you're going to find something like that. Prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL, L O C K E D O N N F L, for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. Prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday. Free and available over here podcast, Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Travis, here in our third segment, I want to pick up on some of this play calling conversation. We got to talk about Mike LaFleur because I think Mike LaFleur did a really, really quality job calling plays on Sunday. And my big takeaways from that is that I think that Sean McVay trusts Mike LaFleur about as much as he does any offensive coordinator in the past. And if you look at the runs, 35 rushing attempts to 24 passes, they went for it on fourth down a couple times, and McVay made the call to go for it there with a two-point conversion. They didn't want to put much on tape to show Detroit, but I really liked what Mike LaFleur did, and I think that this is the evolution of Sean McVay being a little more collaborative potentially moving forward with some of this play calling. Yeah, and and I don't mind that. As long as the final decision comes down to McVeigh, then I'm okay. That we're running things through him. That they're or they're at least looking at things through a McVeigh lens, right? That when it comes to offense, when it comes to play calling, I want Sean McVeigh. And, and and if that means that he's got his hand on the wheel a little bit, I'm okay with that. If he also wants to take his hand off of it and say, "All right, let's get going here and see what else we have," that's fine too. But I don't know if now is the time to get super like, okay, I'm going to turn this thing over to you. This is the playoffs. This is a big game. And I think, you know, I, I think what's particularly interesting when it comes to to play calls and, and, and making certain sort of decisions in the moment is actually on the other side, because McVay is obviously an offensively, you know, oriented coach. He knows Jared Goff better than probably anybody knows him, including Jared Goff. And he knows what he doesn't like. He knows what he struggles with. So perhaps this is a week where he's even more involved defensively than he might be otherwise. And you had to turn over some of that offensive responsibility to someone else. That's where Mike LaFleur steps in because I would imagine that when it comes to the game plan this week, as much as they're trying to figure out what works for them, they're trying to put together a plan for what might not work for Jared Goff. And that's going to be a big part of their focus this week as well. Absolutely. I think that's right at the top for the biggest advantages that the Rams have heading into this one, because let's be honest here. The Lions don't know Matthew Stafford like the Rams know Jared Goff, right? A lot of different personnel changes. So they're absolutely going to exploit that. I just think Stafford's just a lot better, right? He's just just a much better player. He's much harder to fluster. He's much harder to, to trick. He's much harder to get on tilt. And Jared Goff is susceptible to those sorts of things. He's got the arm, man. He's got a top 10 NFL history arm, 10 to 15, anywhere you're going to rank it, really. He's just got a special, special arm, and those are tough to game plan because there's no defense for a perfect throw right now. As far as LaFleur, though, I think one thing is you have to commend him for is this running game has really changed this team. Kyron Williams has changed this team, and I never want to see, like you said, Sean McVay giving up play-calling responsibilities. That's why he makes the big bucks, right? But I do think that it feels like more in between from week to week. You always need that guy you need to bounce ideas off of, right? Just so they can tell you're right or wrong. I think that there's a trust level there that is expanded 
what McVay has built because let's be honest, some of the 11 personnel was getting a little stale last season and you're seeing a little more of evolution to it. The play action's back. You're seeing more of a commitment to the running game. And I think it's been a refreshing change of pace for him. Now we got Russ Yeast as a horns up. We talked about him a little bit. Seven tackles, two pass breakups. Akello Witherspoon, I think is a big X factor player heading into the playoffs. If they're going to go far, he's going to have to perform like he has on his best games this year. He was targeted five times. He allowed just one catch for 17 yards. So he definitely had a really nice game heading into the playoffs, gained some momentum. But wanted to give a horns up, a dual horns up for the tight ends. Because Bryson Hopkins kind of just, he's a conundrum, man. Like, he yeah. just blows my mind. It's like we expected him after the game he had in the Super Bowl a few years ago to really just realize that potential. He played 18 snaps. He caught two passes for 47 yards. Had that 29-yard one down the sideline. Davis Allen, to me, I think he's clearly going to emerge as the tight end for the future. He caught four passes for 25 yards. So, I think the tight end position is in good shape moving forward. Yeah, I do too. I, I think that going forward, you're, you're right, that Allen seems to be the guy that they're going to lean on more than anything else. But, you know, Tyler Higby has been the guy for Sean McVay really since Sean McVay got here. So I would expect him to be, uh, however much they're planning on using the tight end on Sunday, I think he's going to be the first option. Hopkins, like you mentioned, is a real tough one to figure out because he's had some really big moments, but boy, he didn't get on the field very much. And, and, and I'll defer to McVeigh in this because he sees him practice every day. He's watching the film every single day. He's going through this. And I have a feeling it's one of those guys that maybe isn't doing all the things that you need him to do day in and day out as far as, you know, schematically. But when you, Hey, look, go, you, you mentioned it, go back to the Super Bowl. I got nobody left. I, I you, you, we, we have to use what we have left. And can he make some plays? Absolutely. Is he where he needs to be time after time after time? That's the question that I have uh, about Hopkins because the, the upside exists, but the their reluctance to use him regularly, especially when we saw most of this season, Tyler Higby was terribly ineffective. And, and the tight end position was something that was kind of uh, non-existent, and yet we still didn't get to see him on a regular basis was a little surprising to me. Yeah, and Higby signed that extension, but I did think he did a nice job putting that on tape, kind of a little bit of an audition yeah. for him. No doubt. Now, we'll end on this one. This is our rare first time of the season, Travis, where we have a horns down that kind of went to a horns up with 2-2 Atwell. Yeah, the interception went through his hands in the first half, led to that Wentz pick, but then he made that big catch on four down. He caught the two-point conversion. He made some plays here and there, but it does feel like after the year we've seen from 2-2 Atwell, kind of one of the more polarizing players on the Rams, yes, he has the speed. There's no doubt about that, but he also got usurped there by Demarcus Robinson. I think his days in the horns are numbered. It didn't work, right? And and, and I, I feel like I have been um, not the biggest Tutu fan really during his entire Rams career. I, I just really feel like he's very one-dimensional. I feel like he's way too small. I think that the the negative plays far outweigh the positive plays. I'm glad he had a good day. I'm glad he caught the two-point conversion, that he had, he had a good day. And anything that's good for the Rams, I'm happy for. And I'd love to see him prove me wrong and go out there and catch five balls and get in the end zone a couple of times. But I, I he's not my guy. You know, and and it's just one of those things that that type of play. If you're going to be that size and 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 bring what you bring to the team like that, I'm going to need you to be a Deshaun Jackson type of impact, right? Where or just be able to 
always have everybody on the defense saying, where is he? What's going to happen next? And I don't think that's what's happening with Tutu. He'll pop one here and there, but uh, I think the Rams offense is a far better uh, machine with Robinson in that third wide receiver spot than with Atwell. Yeah, any long, the reality is, look, he has stronger hands than a lot of people want to give him credit for. He's a better route runner than people give him credit for, but he's not a Deshaun Jackson. He's not a Tyreek Hill, right? He's not, doesn't have that physicality to him, and that really limits what he can do at this level. It just feels like this Rams organization, they like him, they don't love him. And right. they have to love them to move forward with him. I think that kind of is where we sit with Tutu. We'll have all offseason to kind of talk about this future roster. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And as always, you can follow the People's Champ, Mr. Travis Rogers, at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house? It's Locked On Rams' house.